Yeah, I have no idea what the hell that is. To all of our is listeners f- out there, I'm going to take a serene moment to just I'll do that one more time. ASMR. Is, is that a lighter? I am lighting a flame and lighting a <laughs> crisp apple scented candle. And some might ask, Jake. Why are you lighting a candle right now with a soothing granola therapist voice? And I might add that I am purifying the air and setting the mood for a post-NBA deadline, NBA trade deadline per se, without Neil Olshay. Round of applause. Oh, God. I am purifying the room and... Setting the tone for <laughs> a somewhat calm breath out. Breath here's in, a here's the funny part about exhale. that. It's like it's like he uh you know, we're so used to so much calm with him. Like calm in the sense of like not doing anything, right? Like it's like, oh, we signed Mohawkless yeah. and that's like our big trade deadline spot, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. Not sign him, trade for him, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But now it's like we get we get Cronin in, and it's just bomb oh, after Crone bomb daddy, after Crone bomb. Daddy, Crone There's daddy. no uh, no slowing down from Cronin. <laughs> so man, it has been quite the the last couple of days. By the way, when we listen back to that, I don't know exactly how that uh <laughs> how the lighter effect. I was thinking more of you know like classic Lil Wayne you know how he would start like every oh, absolutely every album Lil verse with the lighter flick before it's I, a classic I thought it might you know channeling my inner Lil Wayne my inner Serene anyways <laughs> hey I was able to guess it I actually that was oh. I didn't know what you were doing so that was there you go no so cap. hopefully you guys out there <laughs> were able to uh enjoy that calm and peace before we get into the nitty-gritty here but Welcome back. You are listening to another edition of the Second String Show, Rip City Edition, NBA Trade Deadline Edition. I'm your host, Jake. And Grant, we have no G-Lo show tonight because, frankly, not a Blazer oh, fan. sorry, Jeff. Uh, yeah, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you know that Jeff... Jeff is such a weird NBA fan now. That dude is just so twisted up with his fandom that I don't even – I would bet my life that he hasn't watched a single Lakers game this year. So I don't even know if we can call him a Laker fan anymore. We just he clapped claims- the Lakers' cheeks like honey-buttered biscuits last <laughs> night, so we'll get into that in a second. Um, he claimed he was a Pelicans fan last night on Twitter. God so, it, uh, yeah, no one knows what's going through that guy's head. So – as you guys know, if you're a listener of the podcast or if you're a new listener out there and you're just a fan of the Portland Trailblazers, Grant and I, obviously, the uh, the locals here to Oregon and uh, the Trailblazers fan, the Trailblazer fandom of the podcast. Now, you know, this is an annual thing. We usually like to uh, dive deep into the Trailblazers, all of their wrongdoings, all of the stress points. Um borderline suicidal moments well hmm, i don't know if i can say that no moving on a little bit extreme but (laughs) we know where we're going with it (laughs) i said it yesterday on the super bowl i don't want to get rogan out there guys so um moving on from that Uh, as blazer fans grant and i have done many 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 
playoff podcast, preseason prediction podcast, postseason predictions, whatever, NBA trade deadlines, et cetera, et cetera. This is the first time in – I, I don't fucking know. This is the first time in forever that Grant and I will have done a Rip City podcast where there's a complete different tone, direction, subject matter, et cetera, et cetera, to break down uh, now with the direction of Joe Cronin and basically gutting every single piece of <laughs> – you know what it is? The if you put a gun to my head right now and said, Jake, can you name, you know, the Portland Trailblazers roster? I'd be like, well, I guess you need to have my mom start um, having funeral arrangements because fuck <laughs> if I know. Fuck if it I know. It is a absolute new look. And this is the first time in my, uh, I mean, as far as I can remember that, like, we're legitimately trying to tank for the rest of the year. Like. You know, we've had bad teams before, but I never really felt like we were trying to tank, right? Like, this is the first one where it was like, okay, and I could could just not be remembering one, but this is a whole nother level of just like, I don't even know how to describe it. Just just horrible, (laughs) horrible uh, roster at the moment, but we'll get into why I actually... We will get into that, Uh, and of course, we have to address the elephant in the room. It has been... Far too long, well, since we've done a podcast in general, but specifically a Rip City podcast. If you are a listener of the podcast, thank you very much uh, for sticking around for our return. Uh, We just put out an episode of uh, our Super Bowl 56 podcast leading into the weekend. We got Super Bowl Sunday coming up. That podcast Jeff was back for. That was kind of our comeback podcast with the three hosts. And then I texted Grant on the side, kind of as all the shit was going down. I was like, yeah, we need to let the trade deadline pass since shit's already happening, shit's moving. And we need to get back into the swing of things, get back to the nitty gritty with a Rip City podcast, kind of, you know, discussing everything since we haven't had a single podcast, fuck, since, I think we talked about it on the Super Bowl one, since the Blazers got absolutely annihilated um, anally by the Denver Nuggets in May of 2021. Let's just be honest. Sorry to the put last, it bluntly, but <laughs> the last year or so of Blazers basketball just hasn't been great. Like we left off and it was like, okay, so we just got that's... absolutely murdered. <laughs> and now it's like, okay, no, Dame goes Say out. Say how I see... said it. You did not do it justice. Oh, okay. It. Got like anally penetrated or whatever you said. There you go. Uh, Thank, you. Thank you for using the correct. Yeah. Correct yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Um, it's like that CJ quote where he's like. <laughs> Where he's like, uh, I know, Casey, what did I say? You can't guard me, or yeah. what did he say? You can't fucking yeah, guard it was, me. You can't. Yeah. No, that's not say, what I said, say, Casey. Say it with your chest, Grant. <laughs> we got anally annihilated by the yeah, Denver got, Nuggets yeah. by a Jamal Murray-less Denver Nuggets in 2021. Depressing so, as fuck. Yeah, we have that happen, and then we go into the season where it just doesn't feel right. With you know Dame obviously not himself, and then yeah. the subsequent surgery, yeah. CJ being out. A while. So it really hasn't been fun to talk about. But now yeah. we have something to talk about. Exactly. I will say, obviously, to all of our uh, all of our Blazer fans out there who love hearing us break down some Blazers talk throughout the season, thank you for uh, you know the ones who have sent some messages asking you know where the podcast is and when we're coming back. Obviously not an excuse to take a long-ass eight-month sabbatical, but yeah, kind of rolling into Grant tying the knot in the summer, Jeff tying the knot in May as well, or in April. Sorry, Jeff, I forgot your wedding date. It was around that time. And then, you know, 
life. I started a new job. Shit got crazy. And then the Blazers, as Grant said, were so horrendous that I think we literally kind of just lost track of time. I didn't realize that it had been that long since we had done a podcast until we addressed it on our comeback podcast. Grant was even like, yeah, didn't we do our our like – our food draft for the Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I was like, shit, we didn't even do a podcast the entire holiday season. So hands up like the meme hands up. I fucked up our bad. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> our bad. Well, we but, got you some know, exciting stuff to talk about at this point. Yeah. The blazers were, I just couldn't bring myself to do a podcast about the blazers when I really don't think you guys would have wanted to listen to us talk about some, you know, like, I was trying to compare what would be like a depressing album or what who's like a depressing musician? Huh. Like a Adele. <laughs> I mean, she sure. I, I guess if you want to carry yeah, sad music, sad. whatever. I would say like if we had been podcasting, you know, since October, you would have been listening to like the podcast sports version of an Adele album on repeat for an hour and a half every show. That's what it would have been like to talk about an injured Damian Lillard, a gutless, emotionless, directionless Portland Trailblazers team. I mean, yeah, we haven't done we haven't even done a podcast since Chauncey got hired, since Terry got fired, all that shit. Since Neil got oh, Jesus fuck. <laughs> As I'm speaking this out loud, I'm like, holy shit, we've been gone and the entirety of the organization has flipped on its head, but <laughs> we kind of got our shit back together. And, uh, you know, like Grant likes to have his um, intimate uh, doings with women. We are back for a quick and dirty breakdown. <laughs> Emphasis on the quick. Short and dirty, quick and dirty, whatever you want to call it, you know, however Grant wants to call okay, it. Okay, I'm taking a straight, catching a stray here. <laughs> and we are going to get into... <laughs> Our breakdown of the Blazers. So yeah, um, where do we want? To, do we want to backtrack a little bit and just talk about, you know, your? We don't want to dwell too much in the past because our listeners out there, of course, have already dealt through enough. You know, dealt through the plan. See, I'm I'm so like shaken up like by reminiscing back on the horror of like the, the start of the season that's choking up my fucking words like I'm eating some like wet spaghetti or something. But wet spaghetti. I, yeah, wet spaghetti. Sounds very sexual, but I'll let you guys Google that if you want. So dwelling on the past is what I meant to say. If we're going to look back and kind of briefly summarize your and my feelings, you know, when Terry was fired, when Chauncey was hired, when Neil was hired, or not hired, when Neil was kicked to the curb and kind of everything, everything from summer until now in like a quick five minute summary. Yeah, so... I mean, I think that when Terry got fired, obviously we were fucking livid by the the results of that playoff series. I mean, no excuse lose losing. What was it? A uh, six to one, five to one. Well, would have been what four uh, one if it was oh, best shit. seven. Yeah, yeah, Gen- gentleman sweep. Oh, but guys. yeah, I've had, I've had so much um, coffee today that my brain is like broken. Yes, gentlemen, gentlemen sweep. We had a great opening game against the Nuggets, and then of course we shit the bed. Damian had that. How many overtimes did we go in that game where Dame basically was the only one playing? It was on my birthday. We were. At I mean, fucking, he was pretty we much the only Big one playing the entire zooted. season or the entire yeah, uh, yeah, playoffs. I mean, um, but yeah, no, it so. It, it kind of felt a lot like the whole CJ trade this summer and not to like fast forward, but it was one of those things where it was like, okay, this guy's done a lot for the organization. We all love him. 
but it was like time. It was just like time to move on, right? Yeah. And so that's how I felt with Terry. I wasn't like, because like, it, it it was something that you and I had discussed. And I think we basically, you know, when we were, you know, podcasting all of last season, I think we came to the summary that if the Blazers didn't at least make it to the second or third round, Terry would be gone. I mean, that was. I thought it, like, that w- I thought he would have to make the finals, honestly, because finals, we had just kind of capped yeah. off. Yeah. I mean, that that was like, yeah, the bare minimum of an expectation for a head coach that had been here, you know, almost a decade or a decade, you know, yeah, yeah, Yeah. about a decade with, you know, whatever. So I don't know how many years it was. It was sad, but it was needed at the same time. And that's like the same sort of feeling I had this this trade deadline with CJ, but uh, obviously not getting ahead of myself. But when Chauncey was brought in, I was honestly pretty stoked at that. Like, the one drawback, knowing that he was kind of Neil's guy, which it's like, okay, you know, that's just part of it. Um, I I didn't love the fact that Neil just, like, got his way. However, I actually saw... Oh, Neil loves getting his way. And I still... Yeah, exactly. And I still think that Chauncey is going to be a really good head coach, and he has all of the traits needed to be so so you know i've i've seen really good flashes this season where it's like okay obviously he doesn't have the roster to like make this happen but i've seen improvements in some areas that we didn't have with stats and obviously it's going to take a couple years uh, (laughs) for him to one just get his feet under him with the blazers but also just to get kind of this new roster in place um so i've seen some good things i was actually stoked when he was hired i think that he's going to be a good head coach and i thought so then as well uh so Besides the fact that he was Neil's guy, like I was ready for a change and uh, I still am really uh, sold on Chauncey. So, you know, I, I don't know. How did you feel? I, you know, we won't get into like the details of, you know, the the, the whole hiring process and et cetera, et cetera, the, the drama that went down. I was just exhausted by that. But, you know, when he was hired, I think that there was a lot of. I don't want to say like lack of transparency, but there was a lot of questions from Blazer fans at first on like how much of a say did Damian Lillard have in that hire? Because, you know, there was the murmurs of, you know, Damian wanted Jason Kidd and then there was the Becky Hammond, you know, narrative, storyline, whatever you want to call it. She was interviewed, et cetera. We didn't know. We kind of just didn't really know if this was going to be one of those situations where, like you said, oh, this is Neil's guy, and it's like Dame, who we already, as an or, as a fan base and as, you know, people who have been watching Dame for 10 years now, we're kind of sensing that he was at his wit's end. I mean, you can't put up that performance solo by yourself against the Nuggets, get almost swept by the Nuggets, and then expect Dame to be, you know, willy-nilly, yeah, we just, we just fired our head coach and... I'm just going to be happy with whoever whoever Neil puts in front of me. So I was a little skeptical. You know, there, do you remember there was the whole Team USA drama where the fucking info was leaking about Dame and oh god, you know, that was summer be- was horrid because oh also, this summer I this summer I was on pins and needles. Yeah, well Dame, then you it, had uh, then you had all the fans that were like attacking Dame for like oh, he had anything god. to do with like Chauncey's supposed past and obviously not gonna get into that at all. Dude, That's well I, past. But like, the, come I, on. I'm not gonna like direct anything at the Blazers fans as a whole, but there's a subsector of Blazer fans that are so insufferable with their yeah. attacks and just amount of 100%. pressure that they put on Dame. I was damn near scared that it was gonna be that 
type of Blazer fan that pushed Dame away this summer. This whole summer, oh, 100%. I was like, yeah. I was mentally bracing myself for a catastrophe because, uh, yeah, like you said, every tweet was, why didn't you vet your coach? Why did you pick Chauncey? Blah, blah, blah. Until Dame finally just hit his breaking point and sent out a few tweets or whatever. And then we saw the news that it was like Neil and Chauncey were on a plane to Las Vegas to go meet with him. And we're like, oh, shit. Fuck yeah, me that, in the that was like the worst thing you could have done. Like, that, oh, there's terrified. just literally no situation where like blaming terrified. Dame for any of that stuff is okay. And I no. will say, in obviously a very good uh, thing that, you know, they're close and they appear to be getting along just great because this could be Who? a whole different Chauncey conversation. Yeah, Chauncey and Dame. Yeah. They're, they're close. Mean, Dame has literally vouched for him multiple times, even as recently as like yesterday, I believe, said he's a great coach. They get along great. That's so key to have in refreshing. a relationship like that. And we mm-hmm. haven't heard any sort of like really – substantiated dame chatter at all he literally said i'm gonna let this thing play out and then i'll evaluate from there this had to happen so this is like the best spot we could be in with dame like from a relations standpoint i feel like right now and of course in a second here we'll get into the joe cronin talk because that plays a big part of course with the deadline and also dame's current relationship with staff and, and whatnot so let's fast forward a little bit so chauncey's hired we're like okay whatever like Dame, the dust kind of settled. He came and rebuked bitch boy, Henry Abbott, whatever, who was saying that Dame was going to demand a trade, blah, blah, blah. Season starts with a rough start. And then the rough start just kind of doesn't stop. It just keeps going. It's still rough. It just keeps going. It's still rough. So then, you know, the Blazers are not looking like the Blazers. Team chemistry is... I don't fucking know where. You know, we had just re-signed Norman Powell. I would say Robert Covington, severely underperforming. Um, I don't know. What was your kind of take on that early start in some of those some of those players? Like, I wanted to blame it on, like, a new system and, like, not, like, Chauncey himself. Obviously, again, I like Chauncey. I think he's going to be a great coach. But I just thought there was, like, a little bit of a learning curve with, like, a new coach thing. <laughs> and I thought that, like, it would start to turn around. <laughs> but then it was, like... Honestly, it all started when we just realized that Dame wasn't himself. Like he wasn't doing the things that we were used to. It he wasn't making the shots that he was used to. He and it was like something's wrong. Looked, he looked a little slow. There was murmurs of you know him re-injuring this abdominal issue during the Olympics in the summer, and we're like, oh my fucking god! Of course. So it all so just started the da- to add up. The, the Damian injury, everything started to add up. Um. And then yeah, shit kind of uh, shit kind of fully hits the fan with the news of we'll get into it, <laughs> the investigation of Neil Olshay, our favorite topic here on the Second String Show, good old <laughs> Neil Olshay. God, Neil, fucking Neil. And in, in a way, I'm gonna miss talking about you, bro, because you provided some good content for us over the years. But uh, car salesman ass. Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, because this whole season's been a blur for me. The Damien surgery decision came post Neil firing, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about Neil real quick, and then we'll get into, you know, sped up to current time. And by the way, to all our listeners who are like, you're dwelling too much on the... Well, it kind of does play a role because all the players and everything we're talking about are fucking gone now. So whatever. Let us talk about them one last time before we put them to the cemetery because, yeah, our whole our whole entire team is up in the air and new. So... This is kind of the uh, the the roast, 
the uh, what do you want? What is that thing called in horror movies when they hold up a cross to like a demonic bitch? Oh, like an exorcism. Yeah, this we're all like right. getting out. We're like getting out our all demons. the horrible. Yeah, we're getting out our demons and our. <laughs> you know, you know, like the exorcist when there's like that's like the, that's like. That was probably the worst. Oh my god, you listeners are gonna love that one for sure. That's like all of my negative energy, my Neil Olshay energy purging out of my body. So yeah, this is the official exorcism, the roast of Neil Olshay, and then we're gonna get into the current future. So that news breaks. I I, I don't want to say we weren't surprised, but I was a little surprised at the the magnitude of it. Oh, no, for sure. Sorry, I thought you were going to keep going. <laughs> um, I was like, what the fuck? No, I no, I, I was definitely surprised by the magnitude of it, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so I, then... Yeah, yeah, it was just... It, yeah, it was uh, a whole huge ordeal that I was not expecting to come out. I mean, like, you kind of hear of, like, these little things, but you never really know, because Neil did a really good job of keeping this, like, a thing for years and years right like you thought like everyone kind of knew oh he was kind of a dick right but like yeah. this is on a whole nother magnitude like you said that we just didn't know yeah. of. and i mean fast forward to current time to all the blazer friends out there on twitter that saw that clip go like little semi-viral here in portland of gary trent's dad talking about his son and his time in portland and you know how he was severely depressed and kind of down on himself and not, you know, not very optimistic about his career and his future because it was kind of like a toxic, toxic culture. And I don't know what you want to say, like set of expectations, opportunities, whatever. Basically we, it was just one big giant Neil Olshay almost fucked up my son. And that's why, you know, Gary was traded to Toronto. Now Gary is absolutely flourishing. Good for Gary. Happy that he's in a better situation. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it was much surprise to any fan out there to hear that Neil O'Shea was a tyrant, maniac little fucking gremlin. So yeah, basically, that's, I mean, that's a, a good way to say polite it. way to say it. Um, so then the yeah. investigation starts. We're like, oh great, what what else to add on to the season after a summer of Damian Lillard like questioning, you know, his future with the team, firing our coach, hiring a new coach that people are still kind of sour on. We're having a shitty fucking start. Our players are underperforming. Dame looks injured. Oh, and now our evil Witch of the West, uh, Wicked Witch of the West GM is under investigation by the fucking FBI or whatever. Invest League FBI. Whoever was investigating. <laughs> League. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. And then the official news break. How long did it take? Like two weeks? Yeah, it was a couple weeks. It felt relatively quick. Like to the point where like there was like a little break where we're like, oh shit, is he going to survive this? And then, of course, no. The news broke that uh, Neil Olshay would be moving on from the Portland Trailblazers. And we have not heard from Neil since. Since, you know, I'm Thank sure he's on, he's on the timeline with his burners. But he kind of got trumped in a sense where I feel like he got deplatformed. After he lost his job with the Blazers, I don't think he released a single like statement, did he? I know, but I mean, also it's like what McGowan platform would he have? But... He's not really on like Twitter. He's not, you know, why would they have an outgoing statement? So yeah. I, um, I wonder where he went. I'm happy to I not bet he's see still him here, ever right? again. I oh, I'm sure he's still in there. Uh, he has a 
he has a kid here. I would assume. I think. And <laughs> Watch his kid be a listener. At, <laughs> listen to our podcast. Well, your dad <laughs> sucks. Little. little f- <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say his little fists are balled up right now in bed, listening like as he does his homework or some shit. I'm sorry you have to put up with that guy, <laughs> and and we are here. You can reach out via DM, and we will contact yeah. any sort of service that wow. you'd like if you are in pain. So Neil Neil goes, and as shitty as the season was at that point, I do feel like that was the one time we're like, okay, things are still up in the air, and you know, <laughs> very. Uh, not good here in Portland, but at least that was the first step in the right direction of let's pick up the pieces and kind of undo the mess that this man has created for our organization. Um, and then almost immediately, uh, interim GM Joe Cronin was named, you know, head GM current still of the Portland Trailblazers. Awesome backstory, if I'm not mistaken, has worked his way up for like you know, ten or twelve years with the with the Blazers started out as an intern. Um, I thought he had been there like twenty years. I could be wrong. Oh Something shit, you're like right. Because I do remember uh, Chris Coivisto, former uh, head of digital and social for the Blazers, said that him and Joe were interns yeah, at the same time. So that would line up. Yeah, about yeah, almost twenty double, two decades. Yeah, twenty something years. So and awesome, you don't stay awesome. that long. At an organization, oh, no. if you're not like well liked, competent, well liked, great reputation, so, yeah, the very very feel good story. Um, very likable guy, transparent guy with the media, with his intentions. You know, kind of gets the uh, gets the go ahead and gets the title. And you know, in the midst of a season, you can't really do much. Back when he was named GM, but we all kind of thought like, okay, well. Dame seems to like this guy. I believe it, it's been said that him and Dame have like 30-minute conversations before every game. So they have a great working relationship. So be it, like, from what we've seen so far. I think at the time we all kind of thought like, okay, let's see let's see what Joe does if he stays, you know, if we don't hire someone else and he stays GM throughout throughout the season and as we get towards the trade deadline and stuff like that, let's see if he makes the moves that – you know, Neil was too pussy to make, a.k.a. the looming <laughs> and I would say impeding um, eminent, if you if you will, move of trading CJ McCollum, which has been damn near a topic on this podcast for three years. Love yeah, CJ Jesus. to death, but I'm pretty sure we probably you can look back on our Spotify or, you know, Apple podcast, whatever. Grant and I probably had a Blazers podcast like three and a half years ago that was titled trade season McCollum question mark you know something oh, like I'm that sure. it's all it's as we know it's, it's all me, it's out always, of love though yeah, of course a ton of love but it's always been a topic of discussion so that's enough of the past um let's fast forward to the present and talk about <laughs> Joe Cronin putting on his fucking Thanos glove and saying fuck it it's time Jesus <laughs> I don't even really want to like recap everything that's happened because, quite frankly, bombing. There's just a lot, and we have like you know we have like eight active players, like eight or nine active players last night for Kelgen Blevins, the goat. The yeah, when we're recording this the day after the Laker game, so I don't know exactly when it will be out, but like that was just an experience in itself to have you know Kelgen Mm -hmm. Blevins playing big minutes. Uh, So. I don't think we need to recap that. I mean, if you're a Blazer fan, you kind of know that our team has just been turned on its head. Yeah. But here's here's my thoughts. All right. So, your like tweet, you said. Your tweet summarized it pretty good, Grant. You can – I feel like that's yeah, what you're I mean, about to say. Same sort of thing. Yeah. So, here – like, my thoughts were, okay, this guy is 
put into a pretty shitty situation, right? Like, you have no f- real flexibility with what Neil did, okay? You have this, like, Shitty, but also big expectation. Not, uh, also kind of, like, I don't know. I would rebuttal that. Do you think it's big expectations in the sense where it would be big expectations if we hired a fresh GM? I feel like he's kind of shooting from the hip almost as, I have nothing to lose, and that's why he's able to make, like, no, for sure. I giant long shot calls that he's been making. No, I I agree. I think that's definitely it. I meant more just like that he has a star who is expecting a oh, lot. Oh, well, yeah. Of like course, from that of point of view, it's like he can't, fuck, you know, he can't his as interim GM, it's your only literal only job to not fuck up Damian Lillard. Yeah. And that's what he's that's what he's doing with all of these moves. He's trying his but, best to move everyone but Damian Lillard to make Damian Lillard happy. But you're right. Like he has nothing to lose. Like he's an interim GM and he's trying to prove himself to, you and know, he very well keep could be job. replaced the next couple months. I, I he, he, hope he could, does. but here's the thing. His, I want to see his plan followed through. Whatever yeah, the exactly. fuck his plan is. I don't know what it is. Here's the thing. Like, I feel like he's given us hope again, okay? Because we were so strapped and we were so, you know, in place with what we had. And, like, we were a good team for a long time, but we were just never that great team. And we knew that, like, every time it's like, okay, really it's a pipe dream that we're going to win an NBA Finals, right? Uh, Like, obviously we hoped it, but. I'm going to interject, Grant, and just pop in with a quote from uh from their press conference today the media press conference where joe it's basically what you're saying joe cronin quote here it had become evident to us that the roster had plateaued it was a team built to fit a specific coaching style and playoff style that we didn't feel was conducive to the style that chauncey and myself wanted to play we were looking at a team that was capped out yeah exactly so honestly also summarize that neil sucks that's yeah, basically what Joe was saying. But he just was afraid to do anything. And, like, here's the thing. I I don't know what to think yet. You know, I, I do really think it is That's way too f- early for everything. Yeah. Um, And it is easier. I wrote this in a tweet. Like, it's easier to, to tear it down than it is to build it back up, right? Like, I could go in and trade everyone and whatever. But the thing is that it feels like he's willing to try to make something big happen, which Neil was not ever and so even the slight goal was to keep his job and kind of stay in that like pretty good first round second round exit a playoff we're gonna be a playoff team every year of course because we have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum on our team that is pretty much guaranteed an eight or seven seed but then it's like okay now we've dealt with like five years six years straight of getting bounced in the first or second round if Cronin wanted to make something big happen this was about his only choice and it was to yeah, you know yeah. get rid of some of these these bad contracts it was free up some room you know acquire some Which assets of course, to i go mean after. rightfully so it kind of gutted a few fans that had a very vocal reaction to i think probably most notably the the one big move that we made that kind of made the dominoes fall which was trading um you know norman powell and uh our boy Robert Covington away in the package deal, of course, that we all now know. Yeah. Well, Dame said, you know, we needed to get better or he was out. And this and at this least gives us a this shot yeah. to 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 uh, have that play out. Now, here's and also, you know, Cronin, like you said, he doesn't really have anything to lose. But I feel like this makes ownership 
more inclined to let him him have this play out because you don't like, I don't know. You don't make these moves and and you're, you're not given the blessing to trade away half your freaking team if they don't trust you somewhat. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So they, they at least have some faith in him. I, I think at this point it's his job to lose. It just makes this summer and you know, now that we're past the trade deadline, you know, Ben Simmons has gone, uh, to, to Brooklyn, James Harden, uh, yeah, you can't or, just slide in. Yeah. You can't just slide that in casually. That was the that is the biggest drama of the day. Well, yeah, but we'll what I'm saying is like, you know, you but have yes. that you have that thought that like, hey, we can land someone like a James Harden or a Ben Simmons like now, right? Like you have some flexibility. flexibility. There would obviously be yeah. some other stuff that has to yeah. happen. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is like we can go after something that a player that's actually going to make a meaningful difference and not like a role player that we think is going to push us over the edge. So yeah, props to Joe Cronin. I want to see his plan play out. I am stoked that we finally have some change and no one knows whether it's going to work out. That's the thing. No one does, but we at least have a shot to have something else work out and hopefully for the better. So, you know, yeah, that's where I sit. I'm happy with Joe Cronin so far. I like, like I said, just I want to let him do his thing. Like, let's evaluate, and I think Dame's on the same page, which is awesome. Let's yeah, see. I agree with you. I think just hearing kind of the aftermath of the last two, three days, you know, post NBA, or now we're post NBA trade deadline today, kind of hearing Joe's process and transparency. Um, I know Damian kind of released his viewpoint through a Casey Holdell article the other day and was kind of like, you know, what we all knew or what we all also thought as the, as the fans. And it was Dame saying like, I knew this day was coming. It's a day that CJ and I have talked about, you know, doesn't make it any less tough for us, you know, getting here, but it was something that we knew. Uh, You read, you read between the lines and it was Dame saying like, we knew it had to happen. CJ almost probably knew it had to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I loved was the news that came out that, you know, I think there's another testament to how Joe is kind of, Running the organization is uh, sounded like they made CJ very aware that a trade was imminent, uh, possible yeah. if if not a guarantee. You know, in the following couple weeks or whatever, when they did tell him, and it sounds like they involved him in the process, and it kind of was uh, New Orleans that CJ and the team kind of fell on as a best situation for us and for CJ to join as CJ goes and you know continues his career, and of course as a Blazer fans, nine years with CJ, three J. Many, many memories. I will never forget Game 7 of uh, the series with the Nuggets where we went uh, in advance to uh, the Western Conference Finals, the farthest that we've ever made it in Grant and I's lifetime as Blazer fans. So many, many amazing years of CJ. CJ, I love you to death. I hope you absolutely kill it in New Orleans. And It was great to hear that wasn't a surprise to him, wasn't a sour situation where you know he's leaving with ill will towards us. We're not leaving with ill will towards him and you know some people yeah. might look back and say of, of course i think it's a couple years overdue that's neil's fault not cronin's cronin is picking up the pieces of neil so of course yes we probably should have traded cj a couple years ago and we would have uh yielded a much greater return uh but we can break down kind of here what we did get back from the cj trade and like you said we don't really we don't really know if we can evaluate or put a grade on these moves yet because it, it's very apparent that we're kind of banking on the draft and we're banking on the offseason. Yeah, no, for sure. It's going to be an interesting summer, and Cronin has set it up that way. Uh, 
I echo what you said about uh, CJ, and obviously he's going to be missed. I hope he kills it. Um, I hope Covington yeah. kills it. I hope every player that was traded away kills it. Uh, you know, I'm glad to see Gary Trent thriving. I think Cronin is slowly but surely changing some of the culture, and like you said, it was great to see him, you know. Crown zone. Make Say sure, right. yeah, the crown zone. It's the crown zone. Uh, make sure that, you know, CJ had this done right, unlike, you know, some previous GM not mentioning again after we've already moved past him. But, uh, you know, had some poor relationships with players. And, you know, I, I think that having that sort of reputation in a small market like we are does give us at least a little bit more of a kind of push that maybe we could land, you know, a, a bigger time player, right, who's willing to come play for someone like yeah we have right you know we need every little advantage or plus that we can get being in the market we're in so although it's small like that does mean something to players so let's rewind on that and kind of talk about how much money we actually have i to be honest still don't know the full breakdown but you know with the latest deal of uh kind of dealing um you know a couple of the picks that we acquired from uh new orleans we deal now to the jazz and we got joe ingles and another second round pick and i think it's just I, kind of i honestly don't even have a number in my head either because it's just been all this all over it's i haven't even madness, seen a dude. really breakdown i i know that it's enough to do something this summer right and like there's probably going to be another couple pieces that would have to be moved for like a you know a max sort of player or whatever but it's something to, to work with um I think a lot of these, I think from my perspective, gathering some of these like draft assets, like these picks, uh, and then, you know, some, some of these expiring deals, like, you know, those are big, big deals in the NBA. I think that we can try to flip some of those um, into hopefully kind of a win now sort of player. Cause the thing is like, sure, you know, we could land a, a nice pick this year and we probably will with the whole tanking thing. But that doesn't necessarily equate to winning anytime soon on Dame's timeline, unless right? it's an uh, <laughs> unless it's the number one pick, or just we hit it. Uh, yeah, unless you luck out with, hits it out the park. Unless you luck out with like a Luca or like a Trey Young or you know one of those sort of players where it's like they're just ready to go right out of the gate. But that's just not usually how it works. So um, we have a short timeline with Dame. I hope that we can turn some of these into something. Uh, that's yeah. going to be like a meaningful short-term impact because we owe that to him. So of the players that we do know, you know, in the, in these trades that we do have <laughs> sticking with the team, what are your thoughts? I mean, we haven't seen Josh Hart debut yet, um, but what are your thoughts on, on Hart kind of what we, what we got out of the new Orleans deal for CJ's value. And then, I mean, the Joe Ingles thing, he's obviously never going to be a Portland trailblazer. So kind of pointless to talk about Joe Ingles in, in that situation, but yeah, yeah I mean, I like it happen. I, I like Josh Hart a lot. Uh, I think he's going to be a good compliment next to Dame. So I'm stoked to see him play. I don't really want a whole lot of wins for the rest of the year, to be completely honest. So it's going to be, I'm going to more care about like just him getting his feet under him this year. Right. Um, and hopefully like, you know, he's happy and that he can find a role here moving forward. I, I have no idea what's what our roster is going to look like af- after the summer. So who knows if he'll even be here. It, it uh, honestly does feel like a lot of these – it's like our team is like filler pieces because we know that we just don't give a shit and we're trying to tank. And then we're just, Cronin's we're gonna, gonna do his, this going to do his best to kind of just rebuild and pick up the pieces in the summer. 
that's a thing we're speculating at this point we really have no idea just like everyone else right like if we're if we're trying to evaluate like next year at all yeah like no one knows right but i am excited about like josh hart he's a good piece uh, i would have loved to have kept uh Nikhil alexander walker he's a i i re- actually really like his game but yeah, i was a little uh, bummed you I know he would have been fun it is what it is. You know, what are you going to do? I, I just, I want to trust fully in Cronin's ongoing plan. And I have no, mm-hmm. I see, my thing is like, I want to trust him until I can't. Right. So yeah, yeah. he's done it up to this. Like, let's see what happens. Yeah. So I had a, I had a tweet pulled up. This was before, uh, before even the Joe Ingles move. Um, but it was a uh, Chad doing local, uh, local media here in Portland. Uh, he basically summarized it and said, Olshay was averse to risk and never rolled the dice. Cronin is being aggressive. Portland will now have tools to do whatever they want this summer. 40 to $60 million in cap space, 21 million trade exception, possibly two top picks. Now it's who the fuck knows how many picks. I, I don't know how many picks we have. And more flexibility than I can remember in recent team history. Cronin has stripped everything down and undone Olshay's mess. Now he can go after top-level talent and free agency, do unbalanced trades, and use the TPE. We shall see what can be done, but I like the aggressive play. It was a needed change. He is swinging for the fences. Yeah. Grant uh, just texted me on the side, actually, and said that oh, no, we're talking. Good. We're back. I need to get headphones. Oh, I was about to go into back? a model. It was quick. <laughs> I was about to go in. I was about to go into a, a a deep dark space and dig into my theater. My hey, theater the AirPods bag. were the AirPods were fully charged and they're already RIP. So uh, you yeah. know they might be losing some steam. Yeah. Well, that that was just basically summarizing everything we had talked about. I don't fully know the yeah. breakdown of how many picks we have. It seems like a lot. Um, I do know it's um, in this. What are the picks that we have in this upcoming draft? It's for Bro, sure too. I'm lost at this point. We have yeah, know. we have a few, but I mean the main one's gonna be our pick, I, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. um, and the main and having money this summer, and that's the next topic is. I'm glad that Grant and I were talking about recording this almost as like a gut reaction to CJ being traded a couple of days ago and doing like our farewell CJ podcast. But I was like, eh, everything we talk about trade scenario wise could be very different come post NBA trade debt, you know, deadline today. And oh boy, were we right? Because, you know, is even a narrative of, oh, if, uh, if Ben Simmons lasts through the trade deadline, then the Blazers now have enough money and Dame likes Ben. So like this summer, the Blazers could go after Ben like how uh, for the last like seven months, everyone's been talking about Ben Simmons to Portland. Well, um, now we know that that's not a possibility with the wildest turn of events uh, with about hey, who, who knows with Ben Simmons. He could throw a little bitch fit in, in Brooklyn, too. <laughs> like, who plays. knows? With about like an hour or so to spare of the trade deadline today, Ben Simmons was traded uh, to the Philadelphia 76ers. Or Jesus, sorry. Ben Simmons was traded to the Brooklyn Nets, and James Harden was traded to the Philadelphia Philadelphia 76ers, followed by an absolutely hysterical um, all-star draft on TNT between LeBron and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, I will say, looks like if um, James Harden crosses path, he would cut off his head uh, with his fingernails, feast on his spine like a toothpick, drink his blood, and then um, <laughs> use his organs as uh, um, pillows. 
Yeah, it's a good summary. I was trying to think of the the craziest disembowelment, uh, body dismemberment. But yeah, Kevin Durant looks like he wants to murder James Harden, which leads me to believe that, like the report said, James Harden was being a little shy and behind the scenes and wanted out, but wanted it to be like, oh, I I don't want to demand a trade from Brooklyn. I I don't want that public perception because we all know public perception on James Harden after his departure from Houston was not the best. So... I don't yeah, really think kind of uh, Kevin. Show. I don't think Kevin was on board with this. I would like to think that James probably did not give Kevin the heads up on this. And I think this is all kind of also just frustration boiling to a front with Kevin Durant of kind of just the whole shit show that has been the Brooklyn Nets. You know, going into the season with the Kyrie Kyrie Irving vaccination shit. You know, th- thinking that he's not going to play the whole season. Now he can only play away games. I think Kevin Durant is basically just visibly done and upset with the fact that this team that he was promised and that he kind of had in his mind of the new big three um, just didn't work out, got stripped from him, essentially. And it's hard to feel bad for KD because fuck KD at the end of the day. But I do feel bad for him in a sense. This It's it's a fucking shit show. Yeah, it really it's, is. It, it literally I mean, both, is. Like James Harden, James Harden got traded because of Kyrie Irving. That's, I mean, both, both Harden and Ben Simmons and Kyrie, they're all just – Big well, I can't egos. feel bad for a minute. They're egos and, and they get just, their way. Yeah, so that's the thing. And I can't tell who I, I if they do meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. I can't tell who I would root for. I honestly think that I might root for uh, the Brooklyn Nets, just because I think it would be hilarious to see James Harden fail on uh, on the Seventy Sixers because he once away once again James Harden got his way, and every time James has gotten his way, it has failed. But then you know this summer Harden's probably going to demand a trade to the Lakers or. I don't fucking know when his contract yeah, ends. Yeah, I don't play know. Out, but. I don't know either. But yeah, so that NBA was the biggest. Look a lot different. Yeah, it was a wild trade deadline. That was obviously the biggest splash of the deadline. But now that the deadline has ended for the Blazers, we clapped the Lakers' cheeks the other night with our, uh, as a uh, Magic Johnson and commentator said, like our YMCA squad of uh, of guys out there. Anthony Simons, hell of a game, uh, hell of a season, by the way. Love Anthony, friend of the show. Second string show here. A uh, couple. What was that? Couple years ago, it was just going right, into after his sophomore his, season. Yeah, we yeah. had him. Uh, we had him as a guest. Um, and man, the growth from that. I mean, back then when we had him as a guest, we joked about him being in the dunk contest. And then fast forward a couple years, he wins the dunk contest last year, and now is ironically one of the biggest pieces of the Trailblazers, and the one piece that was not included in any trades because it looks like you know Dame has put the stamp of approval. Ant is out there playing, you know, like a legitimate rotation player. Um, Yeah, I love it. I love it. But, yeah, like Grant said, the team is – who knows? (laughs) Who knows the future of the team? I honestly don't even really know who's on our team right now. Um, So now that the Ben Simmons piece is off the table, you know, with the money that we do have, as a Blazer fan, it's hard to say, like, best-case scenario or what would be a win this summer. But – what do you think we do this summer? Who's even like a realistic target? Is it going to be something we're going to try and trade up in the draft? Maybe make a splash in the draft. Honestly, tra- I think trade that, into the first round. I think it's going to maybe come down to like maybe some sort of star asking out or something like that, right? Like someone that's like a Jimmy Butler, like, like or the playoffs, like a, just the playoffs, just kind of ending a shit show for someone. And yeah, they just like ask some, out. there's a lot that can happen in a few months, right? Like this whole James Arden stuff came about in like a week. Like, I think it's going to take someone like that's that. Fa- that's facts. Yeah. Um, like, uh, 
Jimmy Butler or like maybe a Carl Anthony Towns or something like that, you know, like one of those sort of guys who's yeah. good, or maybe like even a Brad Beal, like oh if God. he, you know, he's going to be a free agent. Oh I don't God. necessarily Damon think that's Beal, the best ideal uh, idea, but uh, ideal, ideal Beal. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like something like that. I, I think it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because a lot can happen in that. I think it's too early to speculate. I know that Jeremy Grant's been linked to us quite a few God, times. That was a disappointment. It's, it seemed like that there was a realistic shot at landing Jeremy Grant. But see, that deadline. could still happen this summer. It could still know? happen. I think it's still probably, I don't know, probably is our number one, uh, number one target at this point. He's a little more realistic. He's not a, st- I mean, he's not a star, but would certainly very be solid a player. He'd be a drastic improvement. And it sounds like, He's Dame's guy. Dame likes him, so I would think something I, like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's it is going to be interesting. Um, so we'll wait and see. And this is the first time um, since Dame's rookie season with Portland that uh, you know the podcast will kind of be entering off season mode sooner than we ever have in the past with the Blazers likely missing the playoffs this year. So it's going to be a new territory for Grant and I. Kind of a uh, you know, not having the stress <laughs> and automatic emotional investment into the playoffs, even though in the back of our minds every year we know that we're not going to win. It's hard not to get emotionally invested because we're Blazer fans. That's what we do. Um, but I will say to be on the flip side of things and not now not be one of those inevitably uh, stuck team. Like pur- we're like, I mean, we were a purgatory team every year. We were a one and done first round exit and we had nothing to look forward to in the draft and almost virtually no changes in the off season. Cause Neil would never do anything. Cause he was always convinced that his team would just come back healthy and do the same thing, but better next year. Um, so for the first time, I think, I, I don't know, Grant, you can speak to it too. I'm selfishly a little bit excited for the tank to continue and, to have a real investment and excitement for the NBA draft this year and to enter the summer kind of knowing that anything could happen and that finally some shit's going to be shaken up. Shake the snow globe. Fuck it. No, I, I 100% am. I'm fully embracing the tank for the rest of the year after we beat the Lakers oh, especially. Tank me up, Daddy. And, uh, tank me all the way up. This is a I'm tanked up. Dame's got to get healthy. and Which which it sounds like the surgery went fantastic and it sounds like um He'd probably Dame be back. Is, Dame's feeling great. If we, weren't, I, if we weren't bad. I forgot who it was uh, that Dame talked – or they, they said that Dame talked to that kind of convinced him while he was playing in the Olympics. Was it Lou Will? It was somebody. Uh, someone like that. It was Drew Holiday? Yeah, I think it, it might was, have been – I think it was Drew. It was a point guard that apparently had the same abdominal injury that Damien had, and they basically said, like, oh, dude, after I got the same surgery that Dame was – did eventually get you know it changed my life it like I played pain-free like Dame said that he has not played pain-free in like three seasons four seasons so if if Dame of the last two three seasons was Dame in constant pain oh fuck am I excited for a healthy Dame just to see you know more longevity maybe more stamina of course more stamina um but yeah part, just of, to kind part of, of me s- is see the new Dame uh part of me is just happy that Dame like we are having this shitty season where it was like, okay, we can fit in like a surgery, right? Like this was the perfect time to have him get healthy, get right. And like, don't, don't worry about this because we weren't doing anything without him anyway. Like, let's just fully embrace it. And Mm -hmm. we have some options now, so let's see what happens. I'm excited too. future of the Blazers. 
I can't even say looks bright. It just is uncertain, and I like that because <laughs> I was so tired of certain. Oh, I was so was... tired of certain Bro. exit of the playoffs every single year. Same. It was spot. getting so exhausting every year as a fan. Just to, I just felt like I was being beaten over the head with a baseball bat. Every playoffs, every off season, every time the season took a turn, it's just I'm I'm just excited for something new. Yeah, yeah. Sad, Cronin, sad Cronin. to see guys go that I liked. Very, you know, we had our short time here with with uh, Powell and and uh, you know guys like Covington, but of course, a little emotional for me to see CJ go. Blazers had that awesome tribute video, kind of got me tearing up a little bit. Um, yeah, CJ, Cronin, amazing Cronin. memories. Cronin, just don't sign Evan Turner to four years, Fuck, seventy million, and you'll be Fuck. good. Fuck. Well, to end out this podcast on a lighter note, I'm gonna go through some of your guys's tweets. <laughs> In a response, I tweeted out uh, the night of kind of all the major moves going down. I said I'd pay good money to see what Olshay is doing during all of this. Um, these are some of the responses to that. We got a response that says, "Day drinking in the tanning bed." I could see that. Neil Neil was a very buttery, uh, buttery brown man, dark man. Um, we got <laughs> crying as he watches his Titanic sink facts. Uh, we got one that says, you know, he's in a dimly lit room in his mansion just punching air. <sighs> Jesus Christ, I could see that. Uh, we got one that says he's on his burner accounts saying how bad these trades are. Every story about the Blazers' trade action should stress that this is all on Neil Olshay. Oh, that's a fact. Someone just fit that in there. Uh, Olshay is probably practicing his lines for a soap opera audition. Fat. Neil's technically unemployed, and I don't know. Do you think he'll ever be a GM in the NBA again? No. no definitely not after that investigation. Uh, we got one packing his bags because the game has officially passed him by. Yep. Goodbye, Neil. Working on his hair. Oh, Jesus Christ. Someone said it involves a doorknob and a belt. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's golfing. He doesn't give a shit about any of this. GM bro is outliving the good life. Honestly, probably the most plausible scenario. Uh, probably living the dream, enjoying his free money for not making any fucking trades. Easiest job he's ever had. Brutal, but true. <laughs> uh... Oh, God. Someone attached a gif of someone masturbating and said, here's a live feed from his backyard. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and on the last note, we got, we got one last one that says, probably somewhere yelling at a minimum wage employee. Yeah, that sounds about right. And on that note, this has been the Rip City edition of the Second String Show for our comeback Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to all the Portland fans who are still out there sticking with the team and sticking with us. Uh, yeah, it's been a shitty fucking year, but I'm excited for the future. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been a hot minute since we've done a podcast. I don't know, Grant. Uh, Blazer fans are kind of at an interesting uh, interesting point. Do you think we kind of got to do something drastic to uh, get the listeners' attention um, between all the mess now? I, thinking uh i think it's time to launch the second string only fans you know maybe that's <laughs> like you know maybe it's time we've toyed around the idea uh you know just get some extra ears on the podcast now that we're back trying to get back into some uh routine here just you know, be on the grant lookout can, grant can have a live feed from the bathtub oil himself okay. up as he's okay you know, and maybe do a little hand movement <laughs> 
Anyways, guys, of course, if you're a listener of the show, you know that at the end of every episode, we pick kind of a topic or something from that episode and turn it into a hashtag. For anyone who's listened thus far and uh, kind of suffered through the whole episode, um, what should be our hashtag for this for this episode? I feel like it needs to be obscure. It can't be anything Blazers related. That's too obvious. Nah. We want to catch. Here's the thing. We want to catch people's attention on the timeline. You know, you know, we'll retweet it. I'll, I'll, I'll post it, of course, on an Instagram story from Mr. Portland or the podcast. We, we want to get people looped in because there's a lot of people out there, I'm sure, doing their Blazers. Oh, bla- midseason recap. Uh, trade deadline talk, which I'm kind of making fun of ourselves in a sense because we are two dudes that just fucking talked about that for an hour. But, uh, yeah, what's a. Uh, I mean, shit, should we just make it about OnlyFans? The thing I just talked yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, do it. Hashtag, hashtag second string for OnlyFans? Sure. Ha- hashtag second string OnlyFans 2022? Yeah, I like that. All right. Well, 2ND. W- <laughs> yeah, long hashtag there. But if you've listened this far, tweet at us at second string show on Twitter and Instagram, 2ND for second. Tweet at us, hashtag second string show only fans or second string show only fans 2022, whatever you want to please. And I don't know what the fuck will come up if you Google image search that for a GIF, but attach a GIF if you want. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Jake, on Grant. Twitter at Mr. Underscore Portland and at Grant Ocampo or at Rip City Diehards, which I haven't used in a while, but uh. Maybe, yeah, we'll, uh, maybe we'll bring it back you need up. To revive, you need to revive the account. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, give us a follow. Hashtag second SS for the general podcast. Hashtag if you want to join the discussion. Hashtag second string only fans. If you can prove uh, that you listened thus far on the podcast. Uh, really appreciate it. We are on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Oh, by the way, Spotify now has a rate feature. So we're going to whore ourselves out here a little bit and be slutty. Throw us a five-star review on Spotify and follow our page on Spotify. If you listen to your podcast there, drop a five-star and a rating on Apple Podcasts. Helps out the pod. Now that we're a little bit desperate, uh, been gone a while. Uh, need to bump ourselves up in the algorithm. But yeah, fuck it. We're back. Blazers basketball at an interesting place, but we're here for it. And uh, much, much more to come. Go Blazers. Go Blazers. OnlyFans nude, lewd content coming. Grant's going to be nude masturbating in a bathtub talking Blazers. All right, okay. bye. I've cut off the – yeah. <laughs>